0: Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. So I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands the conversation. And I often draw on the meaning work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as from my own consulting experience, including the work I do today at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I will get to the program in just a moment, but let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over the search they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Sherry Elliott Yuri who is an author, speaker, coach, and trainer in the area of human resources and talent management. She is the author of Ties to Tattoos, Turning Generational Differences into Competitive Advantage and, also, You Can Have It All, Just Not All at Once. We talked about how companies can recognize employees to keep them engaged and productive and the different ways recognition is received through the generations. With us this week is a special fun treat. We will be on the air with Gary Allen, who is a television radio podcast, podcast broadcast interview professional. We'll be talking about how current events are impacting our lives and the way that we work, and hear a few key interviews Gary has done with extraordinary newsmakers over the years. And if we're really lucky... He will share some of his variations of various voices and accents that he's able to employ. It's so fun. I'm here. Gary, I'm, here. We, um, I'm welcoming you to Working on Purpose. And I, I was telling our listeners that if we're really lucky, you'll share with us some of that range of various voice work you can do for us. So I think you're calling in from Rockledge, Florida. Is that right?
2: Right. It's just uh, near Cocoa Beach area. And as a matter of fact, I can watch all the launches from the Cape uh, from my own backyard.
0: Darn it, that sounds fantastic. Very exciting, yeah, very it, it inspirational. It is actually
2: thrilling uh, for those who have never uh, witnessed it up close and in person. It is uh, really, really uh, dramatic when that rocket lifts off, and then eventually the ground shakes, and it's just fantastic, and we get to see it. You can watch it from the state of Florida at night. If there's a launch at night, even all the way down to Miami Beach, you can see the plume of, mm. uh, of the of the rocket jets coming out uh, you can see that 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 the, from all the way down in Miami and Cuba it it really is fantastic it really is and it's great for this area to see that the uh, the cape is coming back and the jobs are coming back because uh, this is an area that was hard hit when nasa really quit launching any shuttles or anything in the in the last uh, 10 15 years
0: and when was the last launch i can't remember exactly when when it was gary
2: Well, it was about 10 years ago. Um, Mm. I'm not a big uh, NASA person myself, although I love aviation, but I've never been much for the NASA programs. I, I love to watch it, but I'm not big up on the history. But it's been about 10 years, maybe a little bit longer. It started during the first couple of years of the Obama administration, which was something that the Bush administration had already cut the budget for. Obama got blamed for it, but the truth is that it was cut before then because NASA just couldn't compete any longer. And to tell you the truth, privatizing the efforts now has really brought about a number of companies in the private sector, and it's really bringing back the jobs here. And it's really miraculous to see what's going on with SpaceX and the other companies of what they're producing and coming up with as far as space travel in the future.
0: Mm. I just want to say two things to that, Gary. I, what I want to comment on first is just the sheer wonder of what the human mind and spirit can create, right? When mm-hmm. when so motivated, when so inspired, what we can actually do as a species is pretty phenomenal, both on the good side and also on the bad side on occasion.
2: Yeah, um, it, but it, I, it is a shame that when technology continues to move forward, if there's something ill that can come from it and the bad guys get a hold of it, they will do that. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But if you think back to all the technology that's come out of the space program, uh, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, and if you look at Star Trek and you look at all the stuff that we used to go, oh, well, nobody's ever going to be able to flip open a phone and talk. Well, here we are. And, and Doc will never be able to put something over your forehead and push a couple of buttons and suddenly whatever's wrong with you might be cured. Well, that's coming, too. And a thousand and one other things have happened because of space technology and exploration. And um, and it will continue to move that way, and that's wonderful. Uh, but yes, there's always the, uh, the other side of the sword. Uh, if something good comes along, the bad guys will find a way to utilize it and use it against people to benefit their own um, needs that they have
0: yes, i I unfortunately know that to be true because I've studied history like many of us out there. But the other thing that I would want I wanted to say about about Star Wars is just like what you said, Gary. I remember when I watched it, and I thought, "Wow, who comes up with this stuff? This is insane. This will never happen." And it i it, I can't tell you the number of times that I've thought back on the Jetsons and Star Wars. And I thought, "Wow, you know what? It's coming to pass. What I want to know is, those people who created those works how where did their ideas come from Where did their vision come from? I have no idea. do you have any insight into that?
2: Well, you know, I like to watch on TV these programs uh, uh, aliens from outer space and stuff where they're thinking about UFOs coming down here, and they say that maybe uh, you know people from another planet have Come down here and have passed their wisdom on to people and over generations. We've seen it come true when it came to inventions and modernization of the world. I don't know. I, you know, I'm told by a friend of mine who works at NASA now that they do have plans on the board for space travel beyond Mars. And they mm-hmm. have the idea for the space uh, uh, capsules and the spaceships to do it with, but they just don't have the technology to go along with it at the moment. So, obviously, there are a lot of visionaries out there and scientists that have this idea that maybe roams around in their head to where you and I don't think, you know, that they use both sides of their brain where most of us only use a small portion of it. And, and maybe that's where it comes from. I, I'm, I'm always astonished at what's on the drawing boards in aviation in general and when it comes to technology. I'm sure there's technology out out on somebody's drawing board now that we go, nah, that can't happen, and lo and behold, in about 50 years, it probably will happen.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the current things that are happening related to just that, Gary. So, and then at some point, I really want you to share with the listeners just how how it is you got into this space that you've been in for all this time. I think it's fascinating the career that you've had. But mm-hmm. let's look at Uber, right? What happened with Uber recently? They they, they one of the automated cars in Phoenix um, ran over and killed a pedestrian.
2: So I've here we have never been. I've never been a proponent of having cars without drivers. I'm sorry. I realize our technology is improving every day. But a car without a driver is like having a and they say aircraft in the air without a pilot. I'm sorry. There's There's always something that can go wrong. There's always that aspect of life that if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. It may not go wrong every time. But I, I still think there needs to be somebody in the driver's seat monitoring the systems in order for something like that not to happen. And I, 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 I'm sorry, but I just am not a believer in driverless cars.
0: I can appreciate that. And you know, one of the reasons that I loved that you and I met, thanks to LinkedIn, is yeah. I'm I, so interested in your take on current events. I mean, you're a guy who just, you know, you do research, you're you you you're, you're really aware of what's going on. And I wanted to be able to share with our listeners kind of and tap into that mind of yours of what you thought and how, how some of these more recent occurrences and events impact our daily lives and, of course, the way that we work. And I had somebody on the show a few weeks ago, Gary, who was talking about how he really thought that um, – you know, driverless cars and smart cities would really change and improve the way that we live and work. And so to have your perspective on a different side is great because it balances the conversation. Yeah, um,
2: I, I I see it if it was in a small area. In other words, if you lived in a small community, like we have a community not far from here where most of the people who live there drive around in golf carts all day long. Mm-hmm, I could sure. see where that possibly could work. But driving on the interstate or driving on on, on any on roadway where there's traffic lights and everything, and, and anything could go wrong. What if you get a flat tire? What if uh, a car is weaving out of control? What if the computer goes bad? I mean, for those of us that own computers, and that's probably 90% of your listening audience, if not more, um, when the computer goes down, what do you do? Well, the same thing in a car? What if a computer goes down and i 'm sure that 's what happened in utah where the where the person was killed is the computer went haywire um, mm. you know so until they really improve it and someday they will i 'm sure someday they will uh, but i, I just don 't see it now i just don 't see it right now. They need to work out the kinks and you know, I I I think uh, what was it? Utah I think has now said that the the driverless cars can no longer go on the roadways until they have all this stuff figured out.
0: Yeah, I thought it was Phoenix, Arizona, but it could be. It could well, be Utah. Phoenix.
2: It could be. I'm uh, i I'm I'm up on things, but I'm not as up as I, I as I am as I uh, as I would like to be one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I I just don't see it. It's it's. I'm sorry, I just don't. It's like. There used to be a joke in aviation. My dad was a captain for one of the airlines, and they used to have an old joke that someday there'll be a dog and a man in a cockpit the dog The man is there to monitor all the systems and make sure everything is going well and the dog there is the dog is there to bite him if he touches anything well <laughs> i don't i don 't really see that happening i i I really firmly believe there'll always have to be somebody in. The seat. I don't unless it's sort of like, at, like if you go to Disney World and they're they're running on a track of some kind or, or a light beam that gets them from point A to point B on short uh, trips. But I don't know. Maybe I'm being short sighted. But I, I just until they work all this stuff out, I I wouldn't be able to get into a driverless car. It's like it's like they say now there's motor oil you can put in your car and you don't have to change it for a year. Well. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Uh, what if you end up with a leak in the car and you're leaking oil? You know, well, that's not going to last a year. So, uh, you know, I'm all for modern technology because it, it does move us ahead. But sometimes maybe we're a little ahead of the, the spectrum as far as whether this is really going to work for everyone until everyone catches up. I think that's part of the problem as well.
0: Well, there was also, it's even in the Wall Street Journal today, Gary, you might have seen that there was something in there about Tesla shares falling as regulators looked into the fatal crash it it had some time ago. Um so it's it's certainly causing some conversation and again my vantage point is I'm I'm connected to the world of work so there are people that are slogging away trying to improve that technology and bring it to to the common marketplace and then of course there are those people who are concerned like you about it and um what what I find interesting of course is that it's even being worked on the way that it is it's out there so I'm interested in hearing a bit more about some of your perspective and some other things that you're hearing about or that you know of in terms of common or current events that you think you know, really make a difference to our daily lives. What, what's going on in that mind of yours that would splash over to well, the rest of us? I
2: mean, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's the technology that keeps moving forward. Uh, I, I'm, I'm for it to a certain extent, but like when you go to the grocery store, And a lot of grocery stores now have the automated checkout that you can check yourself out. Mm -hmm. I don't like that because it eliminates jobs. They could have one person stand there and watch over the five or six machines. Meanwhile, they've eliminated five or six jobs from the grocery store. Now, where is that person going to go to get work? Uh, So for all the progress that we go and we make and we move forward with, There's also the idea that it eliminates people from working. You know, there was a time in car fan manufacturing when it was nothing but people in the factory. Well, now they have a lot of automated machines, therefore they don't need as many people. So while we're moving forward, and I, I love progress, we also have to keep in mind we need to keep people working. We need to take those same four people now that have been eliminated from being cashiers and train them in something else in the grocery store so they can bring home food on the table for their families.
0: Mm-hmm. So you know, I with understand that. the modern that.
2: technology that we have, it's like the bigger the aircraft that we produce, the less pilots we need, the less flight attendants we need. And right now the airlines are dying for pilots. There are just not enough of them coming out of the military anymore. And they need them badly, but they don't need as many as when my father flew when there were three guys up front instead of two. Mm -hmm. And now they even want to eliminate the second guy, and they only want to have one guy up front. So, yes, I'm all for modern technology, but let's keep in mind, we cannot keep eliminating jobs for people that need to put food on the table for their families.
0: I do understand that, Gary. And, of course, part of what I'm interested in as somebody who works in the space of, of talent Um, development, talent management, organizational transformation, performance breakthrough. What I'm really interested in, because I don't think I can stop the technology bus, what I want to know and would be interested in, I've been talking with various guests about this, is how can we begin to further develop these workers? Because if they don't have the checkers jobs or they don't have the jobs, you know, where, like, for example, I noticed the guy at the airport, the security, there's no longer a person bringing the bins back and forth. There's now a conveyor okay well let's what would happen if and what would it look like to help organizations train up that talent so they can right. still use those people, but in a totally different capacity
2: right right i I, I think so um, you know it's like uh, <clears throat> one of the part time jobs that I had when I was in college was at the airport being a skycap mm-hmm, uh, yeah. remember that on the sure I'd walk or uh, helping people with their bags when they arrived, uh, whether I was in departure or arrivals. Now you can go for a dollar, I think, and get a cart and take your own bags to the ticket counter or to the gate and then uh, you know then somebody will collect them and bring them back um, that's fine and dandy, but you 're still eliminating jobs, but there still are skycaps on the sidewalk, uh, and that job is almost being eliminated because of how much the airlines are charging but there there are jobs out there that 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 are continuing to move forward that I think I think employers are starting to realize that, you know, yeah, we're displacing these people because we're going into something else, but we need to find a way to train these people, cross-train them, so they still have jobs. Unfortunately, and and I've run across this myself, I'm sure you have too, um, you know, there are a lot of positions that are open in corporations, and, and like at Disney and places, and there aren't people qualified to do the jobs. That's another problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that that for some reason or another we're lagging in the technology education, as far as getting people equipped for what's going to be happening over the next uh, couple of decades or so, and that's what happened with the uh, with the steel industry. They didn't bother to upgrade the equipment, and we lost the steel industry to foreign countries. And I think we've learned from that, and I think we're trying to equip the uh, employees of tomorrow, to be prepared and ready to rock and roll when these new technologies come along, starting to get people ready to go now. Um, You know, the Air Force, the Navy, and the Marine Corps, they're thinking about fighter aircraft, for instance, that no longer have pilots. But they're training those people to fly the automated uh, aircraft uh, the way that they are now. So I think it's great that that at least the employers have recognized we just can't displace these people and put them on the street. We need to have them cross-trained in another aspect of the business or something related to it quickly
0: hmm. We're gonna talk more about that, Gary. It's time to grab our first break. But I want to comment on that as well, since there's so much of that world that crosses over into into mine. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Gary Allen, who is a television, radio, podcast, broadcast interview professional. He joins us today from Florida. We've been talking a bit about some of the current events that, that affect our daily lives. After the break, I for sure want to hear something about his perspective on the presidency and what's happening there. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Alice Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose.
0: We're on the cutting edge of social media.
1: Can you keep up?
0: Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
1: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez.
0: Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Gary Allen, who is a television, radio, podcast, broadcast, interview professional. He is from the state of Florida, and we've been talking before about some of the trends, especially related to transportation, that impact those of us in our everyday lives, as well as how we go to work. Uh, here, it's, at some point, I want him to talk about his views of what's happening in the presidency. But before we get into that, I want to just chime into a bit about what we were saying before the break about how technology is in many cases um, taking some of the jobs away from people and the importance of companies to try to take a proactive view about what's coming down the bike and how can they train up their employees so they have still employment but maybe in a different capacity. And I just really wanted just to, to, to chime into that and say that that is something that's very much in my sight, and I am all about helping employers do just that. I, I'm interested in the conversations around that. So listeners, those of you who are interested in, in artificial intelligence and robotics, um, uh, convene with me. Join me on social media. Contact me. I, I want to I presence more of that space. So, Gary, thank you for your views on that. Oh, um, my pleasure. Yeah, you're. Thank you very much for being here and sharing all of the all of your your passion and your voices and your 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 research and everything else. Well, let me else. ask
2: you a question because I'm curious about it too. Are you finding that employers are saying what I what I said that unfortunately when when jobs are out there, there isn't enough qualified people? Because I just saw it the other night on 60 Minutes. They say I just can't find enough qualified people to do what I need to be done. Is are you finding that as well?
0: Yes, sir. I am um absolutely there that, there's a lot of companies that are still completely hiring and, and are interested in doing more of it. Um However, just finding the quality of of talent they're looking for or the the depth of competency they're looking for is difficult. And then in some markets, Gary, just frankly scrambling to find a sufficient volume of talent to be able to yeah. to yeah. to manage their business. i was I was in Denver um visiting a friend, um and I was chatting with some of the local business owners there that she knew. And they were saying, you know, we just hold our breath because we, we have underperforming employees, but we dare not let them go because we can't find talent to backfill them.
2: Yeah, yeah so that, that, that is a shame. That's, <clears throat> as I said earlier, um, the airlines are finding it difficult now to get pilots to fly the planes because the guys, young men and women, are staying in the Air Force or Navy or Marine Corps longer uh, because they're finding that uh, the airlines are not paying what they used to pay. They're still paying very well but they're not paying what they used to, and careers in the airlines now are not what they used to be. I mean, the uh, the, uh, the the airlines have been marginalized down in so much. Most of the carriers, when I remember as a kid, that used to be around the major carriers, uh, are not around anymore. It's about four or five airlines. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, the guys in the military and the young men and women are not coming out. They're just staying in. They're, hey, I can retire a colonel and... and be a lot happier than if I go to work for an airline and I start off at $22,000 a year, which is these little commuter outfits pay nothing. So, yeah, I mean, the technology is, in some cases, it's the people are there to fill it, but they're not getting paid enough to want to go from point A to point B.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, I, I'm, inter- I'm interested in continuing that conversation because I think that needs more needs to be present in order to be able to address the opportunity oh, yeah. and the issues, you know, for sure. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like radio. Radio used to pay very well uh, when uh, the mom and pops owned the radio stations, but when the major corporations took over, suddenly they didn't need full-time people, and out of nowhere, benefits went out the window, pay went out the window and uh, now stations are augmented to the point where it's syndicated programming throughout the country by uh, about half a dozen different people that are in the business and they're making all the money and other people are not. So um, forward progress is sometimes very good and sometimes it lags and you can tell that in the radio business by the bankruptcies that are going on between iHeart and Cumulus and other stations, other networks owned by corporations. They just can't keep moving forward with these small radio stations that bring in nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, let's grab this real quick. I had said before, Gary, I, I just wanted to hear a little bit about how it was you chose the career that you've been in. You've been in this space for quite some time. You are a true professional. You have yeah. been through many, many ups and downs in the industry. For, why did you choose this space, and what do you like about it?
2: Well, I didn't choose it. It kind of chose me. Um, okay. I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to fly airplanes for a living, and uh, I was doing well with that. I went into the Air Force and flew in the Air Force for a while. I flew helicopters, but I suffered a concussion just before I was uh, to be discharged. And the concussion uh, left me with uh, a little slight impairment, and that was all that was necessary at that time for me to be disqualified to go any further. Um, so it kind of happened by accident in that when I was at the university, uh, uh, when I was at George Washington University in DC to start off with, a friend of mine worked for the local co- uh, radio station and also worked at a college radio station, not the college I went to, but another one. And I went in and kept him company a couple of nights and kind of liked what he was doing and kind of got into it. Uh, went back down to Florida where I was, where I'm from, uh, the Miami area. Went to the University of Miami, got an internship at a local radio station, WIOD. And I interned for Larry King as one of his board ops. Cool. And uh, I just became enamored with it. I realized, hey, I i mean, I'll talk your ear off anyway, but I i kind of like this. And I started doing music radio uh, down in Miami. And then I was a sidekick for somebody for a long period of time. We had a morning show and we did good with that and um, developed all these characters that I've done over the years. And But it, it really wasn't where I, I initially wanted my life to go, I wanted at my age now to be retired from the airlines and be like my mom and dad and travel the world, but it didn't quite work out that way. And then I also did some acting in Los Angeles where I was for a number of years. I lived in Vegas for a number of years. So, yeah, I've, I've been an up and down with this business, in and out. And uh, But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade it for all the money in the world. Uh, I did take a period of my life off from the age of 39 to 49 and took care of my mom and dad. I stopped my entire world, my entire career, and took care of them until they both passed away. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and
1: luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: Um, But during that time, um, I, I had a glorious time taking care of them. And in the business, I've gotten an opportunity to meet an awful lot of wonderful people. And I've gotten to travel all around the world in one way or another.
0: Mm, sounds spectacular to me.
2: And I make well, thank- great friends along the way that are friends of mine to this very day. And and that's another part of the showbiz world that, you know, you make great friends and, and they stay with you. And, you know, I can call them up and have them on my show anytime I want.
0: It's a great point, Gary. I haven't been at mm-hmm. this nearly as long as you have, and I'm not near the professional that you are, but I can oh, tell you great. that some of the you're, friends...
2: You're, you're doing a wonderful job, and you're as professional as I've ever heard anybody, and, and you probably are a lot better than I am, that's for
0: sure. Oh, well, thank you, Gary. What I wanted to, to certainly echo was, boy, I have really made some amazing friends, having them on my show and being part of that that space. I don't know what it is. It just brings you together. So also mm-hmm. echo that.
2: keep you young.
0: Oh, good, good. I'm glad for that. Yes,
2: and at my age, I need all the help I can get in that area. <laughs> <laughs> I got that, Carrie. Okay, well, let's yeah. do
0: this. If if you don't mind, I would like no. to hear. Uh, I want to save the last part of the show to hear about some of the folks that you've had the the chance to talk to over over the years that were great <laughs> newsmakers. Um, but here, I, 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 everybody in the United States certainly and other parts of the world, the show is is listened to across the globe, um, mm-hmm. is impacted by what's happening in the U.S. presidency. Talk to us a bit about what's going on there and how that impacts us.
2: It's a shame that we have lowered our standards for our politicians in general. It's a shame that certain interest groups, lobbyists, have gotten involved in politics, which has always been there, even from the inception of our founding fathers. And it's a shame that our founding fathers don't come back today and teach some of these politicians in Washington what it really is to be a patriot instead of what they think needs to be a patriot. I'm disgusted by the person that sits in the White House, because I worked in that White House for a president, actually two, uh, one who was the last one to resign from office and then the gentleman that followed afterwards. Um, this man that's sitting there now has this world upside down, and he thinks it's fun. He likes this turmoil. I was talking to a friend of mine just uh, last night, and he said, when this is all said and done and this man is impeached, it'll make Watergate look like nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This man has disgraced this country in so many ways, and for that 35 to 40% who who... I was watching the other night on TV these five women from the state of Texas who were interviewed that think he was ordained by God to be president of the United States.
0: Oh, my word. I they will heard. forgive
2: him for everything he said and done, but they won't forgive Bill Clinton, and they think Obama was the Antichrist.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And they're hypocrites. I mean, these were five women who are housewives who probably don't have careers and, you know, they whatever, but they're hypocrites. Uh, They would like to see him in the presidency forever, which is one of the things I think he's trying to head towards because he loves dictators. But he's turned the entire political system upside down, and it's going to take years after he is out of office before we recover from it, unless people get smart real fast. And having been, a lot of my friends call me up and say, you were there for the end of Watergate. What do you think? And I say, this is Watergate. It may be different, and people are impatient, but it took about two and a half years before they finally got Nixon. And when they did, the Republicans themselves went up to the Hill and said, we can no longer support you. You're about to be impeached. Do you want to resign, or do you want to go through impeachment? Nixon said, I want to spare the country. I will resign. And he left. This guy will not resign. He'll fight. But he can't find a lawyer in Washington to work with him because he doesn't pay his bills. He's a deadbeat in that sense. And even the people of the RNC say the people in that White House are scared to death. Anybody to go to work for them because they're going to end up paying a lawyer's bill to get themselves out of trouble. This man is trouble. Now, I saw it coming. I didn't know this extent of it. But he has destroyed any friendships that we have around the world with his arrogance and his stupidity and i mean he doesn't care to be prepared for anything that he does he just talks off the cuff or tweets it and i I don't know i mean i I don't care about the sex scandal so much although uh, that's one of the things that's going to bring him down in a sense but i think he's right about one thing he could shoot somebody on fifth avenue and the people that follow him would forgive him no matter what.
0: Wow, well, he said that?
2: Yeah, he said that during the campaign. He said, I could literally shoot somebody and nothing would happen. Mm. He is wow. a despicable human being. He's using the White House and his family to bring more money into the pot, and I think what's going to happen is when he's impeached, they'll still find cover for him. They'll still find a way to cover for him that he's not done anything wrong. I don't know what this guy has on the whole world, but my God, they, a lot of people sure excuse him. And I don't know if it's because they're ignorant or whether they're blind or whether they just are afraid. Uh, one of my friends said, I think one of the things why he went after Obama with his birth certificate was that it's hard for the old white businessman to think that the minorities are now becoming the majority. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with people of color running this country. Many people of color, all colors, all backgrounds, all religions, are highly intelligent, motivated people who want to do the right and decent thing. This guy doesn't. He likes turmoil. He loves disruption. He's a corrupt individual. If you look back, at least at his businesses in the casinos, he would have people come in and work in the casinos. He'd pay them Only half of what he owes them, and then he'd take them to court to fight the rest of the other half, complaining that they didn't do decent work. Then when the work needed to be done again, he'd call them back in only at half the price. Hmm. He still hasn't paid those uh, Polish workers in New York that he was sued over what he owed them. He paid a fine to the U.S. government, but he's never paid them. It's unbelievable who they elected president this time, that 20 years ago, couldn't even get one vote out of somebody. And the man is a congenital liar. And the people that he surrounded himself with are just as bad. These are ill-equipped individuals sitting in that White House, running our country, and we are in dire need of intelligence and somebody who's an adult to get in there. And you know what his new nickname is now?
0: No, what is it? Spanky. Where's that come from?
2: Because of what uh, happened the other night on 60 Minutes with the uh, where Stormy Daniels spanked him once with the magazine. Is his new mm-hmm. nickname, according to my friends in Washington, is now Spanky. That's his code name by the Secret Service.
0: <laughs> I hadn't heard. This is some of the news yeah, that I somehow uh,
2: missed. It's incredible. It the depths of. That, that this country has gone to put somebody in the White House who doesn't even deserve to be a dog catcher. But eventually the people will wake up. It's sort of like what happened in Parkland. The NRA is making fools or trying to of those kids that are protesting. First, people like Alex Jones calls them their, their actors. They really didn't go to that school. Now the NRA is trying to discredit them in every way, shape, and possible. Because they're afraid, I don't know of what, but they're afraid, I guess, of, I mean, Remington filed bankruptcy the other day because people aren't buying guns like they were anymore. Oh, really? It's a crazy time we live in. It's an interesting time, but it's a crazy time.
0: I would have to agree with that. Um, mm. Well... Let me, let me say that you've presented for me several pieces of, of news that I, that's not on my radar at all. So um, this sure. is a, a good time for us to go ahead and go for our, our next break because afterwards what I want to get into is some of those conversations that you've had with some of the, the, more, the more interesting newsworthy people that you've somehow crossed paths with. So sure. stay with us. We'll be right back. Yeah. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Gary Allen, yeah. who is a television radio podcast broad, broadcast interview professional. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to one 346 9141 Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Elise A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
0: Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Gary Allen, who is a television, radio, podcast, broadcast interview professional. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. For this last segment here, listeners, I really wanted to see if we could get Gary to share with us just some of the, 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 the recollections he has of guests he's interviewed over the years, some of these worthy newsmakers, as I think he's called them. So, so Gary, who comes to mind that you he had a conversation with that you think is interesting that you'd like to share?
2: Well, my former boss, Richard Nixon. Uh, not that I interviewed him on my radio show, but uh, I often had many conversations with him. And I remember he said something to me that resonates so much in this last 15 years. And we were talking on the day that he ceased to be president when we were on Air Force One heading back to uh, California. And I remember he talked to everybody on board that was staff, part of the uh, airlift wing. And he said point blank, he said, Gary, I just want you to know that whatever party the religious right gets connected with, they're doomed and mm-hmm. I didn't, it didn't resonate with me at the time, but it has since. Um, and he also said to me on the way out the door of Air Force One, he said, I also want you to remember, Gary, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, we're all full of crap, we'll steal your money and put it in our pockets. <laughs> so, I always got a kick out of that. Um, I, 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 some of the more memorable interviews that I've had have not always been with some of the most famous people in the world. Uh, although I've had the privilege of having celebrities on, on the program like Wink Martindale, who was very, very good friends with Elvis Presley. And um, if there's one thing I've taken away from all the people that I've ever interviewed, um, some of them are no longer here, um, like the late Richie Martin, Dean Martin's uh, youngest son, Richie and I were very good friends, is that they all had the sense of integrity within themselves.
0: mm mm-hmm.
2: um, The people that I surround myself with, friends, are people that I can count on, people that are there for me. My own brother, for instance, up in Boston Mass, he's a Greek Orthodox priest at St. Anagades, and um, I can always go to him for counsel because he's going to tell me the truth. He knows everything about me, still loves me as a brother, but he's going to tell me the truth. And I think that's what I've always taken from and what I try to do with my show, for my listeners. I always give them the truth. If I don't know the true facts, I won't mention it. And the people that I've talked to over the years, whether it be the Attorney General in Illinois who I worked for, or a station manager that I worked for, I look for the truth. I don't look for gossip, I don't have time for that. I, I, I can't stand gossip. I mean, if it's news gossip, that's one thing. But if it's real gossip gossip, the, the water cooler stuff, I'm not interested in that. I don't have time for that. Um, some of the people that I've, I've gotten the greatest advice from, one was was Wayne Newton when I got to uh, Las Vegas. He said, as a performer in this town, it's a big little town. If you sneeze in the morning, they'll know about it in the afternoon. Um, And if you drink heavily, you better knock it off, because this is not the kind of town you you can do that in. Um, I remember my first program director, who's still my friend to this day, uh, John Harper, who I work for here in the Cocoa area because that's why he brought me over here. He always said, be real on the air. Don't be phony. Don't be fake. Be real. Be the real Gary, not the pretend Gary, not the showbiz Gary. Or as he recently said to me, don't be the Sean Hennedy Gary the guy who makes it up as he goes along and, and twists it and turns it till it's not what the real story is. But I guess the, the best advice I ever heard was from Jackie Gleason that he told a lot of people, and that is be nice on the way up because you're going to meet the same people on the way down.
1: Mm.
2: And, and my mom and dad were probably my biggest heroes in my life, even though my older brother Michael uh, played professional football. Um, my mom and dad were my best heroes, and they always said, be, be who you really are. Just be you. You don't need to be anybody else. You don't need to be special. You don't need to be anything. Just be you. And I, and I think that's really done me well. Uh, in Hollywood, I was able to make connections by being nice to people, not being uh, a prima donna or anything like that, because they appreciate that. And the old-time actors, they really appreciate that. Being good and being nice to people is great. I mean, I'll give you an illustration. I was performing at the MGM Grand one night, and it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. I got off stage, the final show. I go home. I pick up something to eat on the way home. I get a phone call at 6 o'clock in the morning, my time, which is 9 o'clock Eastern. And it's a buddy of mine who works for Simon & Schuster. And he says, Gary, I need you to do... Your Bill Clinton impersonation, and I said, "Oh, Stan, I just am getting to bed, I'm tired and everything." He said, "No, no, please, I'm going to count the three. I'm going to turn the phone over to somebody and do your Bill Clinton impersonation. So he counted the three, and I did, "Hey, this is Bill Clinton, and let me just say this. It's a pleasure for me to be here, and I'm glad that I'm talking to you. And who do you think's on the other end of the phone?
0: Bill Clinton
2: No, Hillary. Oh. <laughs> And she's laughing like crazy on the other end. I I met her a couple of times because I said to her that morning, I said, hey, uh, you and I have a mutual friend, Brian McPartland, who was Bill's chief advance. He said, oh, she said, oh, my God, you know, Brian, I said, yes, absolutely. And um, so for all intents and purposes, you never know who you're going to talk to. And I've done that impression in front of Bill Clinton a couple of times, and he loved it. (laughs) <laughs> and I and I, I the only time that I ever did an impersonation in front of somebody was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he didn't like it. Mm. You know, he didn't like the idea. You know, that we're here now, listen to me later. You know, we're going to do this now, and everything going to be great. You know, when I when I married into the Kennedy family, it was like married into the mob. You know, one of those things. He didn't like it. You know, <laughs> but I've, I've 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 been surrounded by some really wonderful people. My ex-wife who has now passed on, unfortunately. She uh, passed away a few years ago, long after we were divorced. She was a great inspiration to me. Now, there's Mm. a hero. She started out as a part-time secretary at at, uh, J. Walter Thompson and worked herself up to an administrator of the creative department. Mm. That's something.
0: It really is.
2: I mean, and she came from meager beginnings, and I had all every opportunity in the world, and I blew it numerous times with different things that I was involved with. But as far as some of the people that I've, I've, I've had, Wink Martindale, who's a good friend of mine, uh, the gentleman that was on my show last night, uh, Bruce Marin, one of the top agents in L.A. and Las Vegas. I've been very, very lucky. God has blessed me in so many ways with having wonderful people around me that I've learned from, that I get advice from, that I can trust. And I think if, if there's anything I could ever say to anybody is if you surround yourself with people that you can trust, you'll never go wrong. And get rid of the negative people out of your life, because there's no always question. enough of that that will tell you you can't do this, you can't do that, because they can't, or they don't, or they don't want to. And all you got to do is put forth a little bit of an effort, and you could be a big success in this country, if not the world. It doesn't take supernatural brains to get anywhere, because the guy in the White House certainly proves that, time in and time out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But well, I, 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 really, I really enjoy being around people who have something... To say and something important to say and something to to give to people and my faith is very important to me. Uh, my faith is extremely important to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I don't tell. push
2: it on people. I don't proselytize, but it's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things you said, Gary. First, I really want to acknowledge that you're one of the very first people on that I've heard talk about so glowingly their their ex-spouse um, mm-hmm. with respect with. A- acknowledgement um, of her contribution to your life, I mm-hmm. can tell you I very, very seldom hear that, and I really, really applaud that. And I would like to hold that up as a possibility for listeners out there who many of which have probably gone through some kind of separation from a, from a significant other, as I have. And so I, I want you to know that I really saw that as a real example, and I thank you for that.
2: Yeah, uh, I, 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 Gracie taught me a lot about marketing, uh, a lot about things. She she put a, instilled a lot of good things into my heart. And uh, unfortunately, like I said, she's gone now. But uh, she was a wonderful example of just putting your nose to the grindstone and getting there. And my mother, let me tell you, Elise, anything that I ever hope to be in my life, as long as I'm on this planet, is because of the sacrifice my mother made for me and and other members of my family. My mother was the greatest. She stood five foot eight, and you didn't sass her back or anything but she was a dynamite. She was, she was a women's liberal long before that phrase ever became popular. Mm-hmm. And my father was an ex-Marine, or if there is such a thing as an ex-Marine, and and he instilled honesty in me. Be honest, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and,
2: and those are the important things that, that I hold true. The only thing missing in my life is somebody to share it with. That's the only thing that's missing in my life, uh, because I'm looking for somebody of value, not just uh, bada bing, bada boom. You know, because after that's over, what are you going to talk about? You know, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, you know, what can you talk about? So, eh, you know, it all comes together, and I think it's important, like I said, for people to surround themselves with people that, that know you and love you and care about you and are willing to be honest with you, and that's the best thing you can have. And all the friends in the world are, are great, and, but family is the important thing. That's the most important ingredient, family.
0: Mm Beautiful. Uh, and, and I acknowledge also what you said, the, what's missing in your life is someone to share it with. And I, I can really appreciate that, too, Gary. And the other thing well, that I look gonna, at my
2: picture, you know, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I mean, just because I look like Jay Leno and I can sound like Jay Leno doesn't mean I have the money like Jay Leno. I mean, you know, you
0: know what it is. <laughs> that was the other thing I was going to say. Is thank you for bringing your voices. I was hoping that you would. And yeah. and I was yeah. going Elmo, to specifically request Elmo Bill, to, Cla- Bill Clinton. Like do voices. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise my listeners a little bit of entertainment, so thank you for bringing it. Oh,
2: yeah. Um, Listen, I will, you know, Grover is always available to do, to do voices and stuff. Yes, he is. Yep, 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 yep.
0: Oh, I remember Grover. That takes me yeah. way back. Oh, way yeah. back.
2: I mean, you know, when Elmo first came on the scene, I looked at uh, some people I was with, and I said, that's going to be a hit. And they said, how can you tell? I said, look, he's red. He's got an orange nose. He's kind of funny in the way he talks, the way he moves. Kids are going to love him. They said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, eh, well, you know. But the, the kid, I, I love it. I, I still am, Inside, I'm still a kid. I mean, I may be 65, but i am still got a, a heart of a kid. I really do. I, I love Christmas. I love the idea of of seeing Santa's Village and the trains and everything underneath the tree and all that. I still go back to my early days in wilkes Pennsylvania, where we had nothing. I mean, that was Poverty Row, and, and I, I, those are the most cherished times in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that I kind of live by. You don't have to have a whole lot of money to be happy. You really don't.
0: No, you don't. No, I, you, you don't. You really don't, and,
2: but it, it kind of makes the day go by nice, though.
0: <laughs> it does. It does. It, it, it does. really does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It dick, Dick Unless you're Homer Simpson, and then you've got Marge, and then you've got a real problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is a great finish to my, to my day, Gary. All right. Well, we've got just about one minute left here. What would you like to leave our listeners with, kind sir?
2: Well... If anything, I hope they've enjoyed the hour, and I hope they've understood that I'm real. I'm not fake. I'm not phony. If I've offended anybody by bringing up the president, because I know you come from a state that really loves him, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, but you know I speak the truth. I don't lie. But if anything, I just you know to everybody, we're coming up on the holiday weekend. Let's remember what this is all about—the greatest person that ever walked the face of the earth is remembered on this day, and let's remember what he sacrificed for all of us so we could, so we could, uh, you know, eventually go to heaven. And, and I'm just pushing that for a moment. But above everything else, like I say at the end of my show, just take care of yourselves and take care of each other, and I think it'll all work out.
0: Very nice finish, Gary. And certainly, I, one of the things I want to acknowledge is I bring on guests that with various viewpoints on purpose because it's important to have a, a varied conversation about different topics and so i appreciate your perspective very much i appreciate your passion i appreciate the fact that you you really do live transparently and you show yourself to be who you are it, it has been wonderful to have you on the show gary thank you
2: for joining us it's been a wonderful uh, to be with you god bless you and and please have a safe and sound weekend
0: i plan to and listeners, if you want to learn more about Gary Allen or catch some of his interviews, visit his website. It's GaryAllenTalkShow.com. Let me spell that for you. G-A-R-Y-A-L-A-N-T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. GaryAllenTalkShow.com. Join us next week when we're on the air with Dr. Darren Martin, who is the cultural Uh, We'll be talking about the incredibly low employee engagement in the United States, what companies are doing to contribute to that problem, and how some companies have truly cracked the code to improve or ignite employee engagement. See you then, and remember that work is at least one-third of our life, so let's work on purpose.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.